0: Hello and welcome to Mr. Free Talk Radio Podcast with your hosts Theo Free and Nikki Henderson. Join in the conversation as everyday people talk about everyday life. Now turn your listening device up because we are going live.
1: Welcome to Mr. Free Talk Radio. We're so excited that you joined us on today. We have an amazing show for you today. I want to remind you that this is the place where real people who are doing extraordinary things get to talk about everyday life. Today is a hot topic. We're talking about relationships and finances. Ooh those two together. We're going to dig into that today. We're talking about strategies for success. And today we have an exciting guest couple with us, Doran and Joan Francis. You might have already heard them. They are the founders of Not Easily Broken, K-N-O-T, easily broken, and they're here to share with us today. Let me just read uh, some of their bios just to give you a sense of what we're in for. Doran and Joan are experts in all things relationships. They are your take action mentors, leaders, and counselors who live what they preach. They've been married for over 27 years and they leverage that passion for family, marriage, and relationship to help other relationships stand the test of time, just like theirs. And thus, they have experienced many couples on both the national and international levels through social media, video conferencing, one-on-one counseling, mentorships, seminars, and workshops. Although no marriage is perfect, Doran and Joan can help you acquire those requisite skills that you need to have a healthy and happy relationship. Here's their motto. Marriage is not built in a day. Marriage is built daily. I love that. And they emphasize this need for dedication, commitment, sacrifice, and hard work, but not without putting God first. And so over the years, they've garnered a vast knowledge of what works in marriage and what doesn't. And so they're passionate about sharing this knowledge. And empowering all those that need it so they can simply enjoy married life. It's meant to be enjoyed. Their goal is to help you fine-tune your marriage so you can enjoy your spouse to the fullest. I'm excited about this topic today. I know we're going to be challenged. You can find them at their website, not at easilybroken.com, K-N-O-T, not easilybroken.com, for more information. And we'll talk to you more about that as we go in. So, Theo, what's on your mind?
2: Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff on my mind today. But I'd like to welcome um, our guest today. Thank you for taking the invitation. We appreciate you, and we appreciate your time um so tell us a little bit about yourself other than what nick will have um already mentioned in your bio what what i would like to know is how you guys met (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna we're gonna do the very short
3: version right Uh, but but first before we get into it i want to say thank you so much theo and nikki for having my wife and i we really appreciate being on this platform with you guys We appreciate having you appreciate the stage that you guys are doing and may god bless what you guys are doing well the truth be told i i've known this amazing fantastic uh, beautiful lady and if you see me smiling is because when i'm with her that's just all smile for me uh, i've known her practically all my life literally from wow. kindergarten she walked into that classroom and I uh, lay eyes on her, and I just knew she was special. We, we became the best of friends from that moment on. And um, we, have, um, we, we grew up together in, on the beautiful island of Jamaica. That's where we are originally from. We're now living in New York City. And we have a long history of friendship, relationship. And um, one of the things that I've always tell people that ask us this question, how did you guys meet each other? You're asking them, you should ask us a question, you know, when did we get married? Because we practically have met each other since day one from, from our, from our kindergarten years until now. And I think it was about 18 or 17 when I just didn't see her as a best friend anymore. I saw her as someone that I wanted to, pursue as a love interest and um and uh i did that for one year and eventually she gave me an opportunity um by writing me a nice letter which i have up to this day april the 10th 1989 mm-hmm. i laminated that letter for my grandkids yeah. to read it you I know and, and um and and um she gave me an opportunity and uh, that's all that's all a real man needs an opportunity to prove to a good lady that i'm that you make the right choice by choosing me and i think that's what i did and And um, the rest I I hand over to her, you know?
4: Yes, uh, that story is actually the short version of the story. Um, Really? Yes. (laughs) We've been been friends for uh, basically all our lives. when he talks about the moment I walked into the kindergarten class, it's a little bit blurry for me, but guys never forget those things. Um, So, you know, going to the same school and then kind of going into different direction as it pertains to, you know, high school and different things that you want to do. But we attended the same church. We got baptized in the same convention. uh, convention. we got
3: saved in the same convention. Got
4: saved in the same convention, got baptized baptized in the same service. And we've just been really friends. And over the years, we just grew tighter and tighter. And as he said, you know, I think he was 18, I was 17. And he told me that he doesn't see me the same way he wants to pursue an intimate, well, relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um... I actually said no because I grew up in a very strict uh, environment mm-hmm. um, where you know you see your grandparents and your parents everybody going to church every Sunday that you know Christian value in the Christian home and you know there were certain things I was not allowed to do and right being here. so strict my parents I told him are are you kidding me you know um the patwa language in Jamaica, and I said to him, you want my ma- my father chop you up, you know, <laughs> kind of like that. But, you know, it, it was for me very serious because then I realized, I'm like, wow, I'm becoming a woman because someone is looking at me in a different light. And so I kind of told him no for an entire year, and then, you know, eventually, like he said, I wrote him that letter, which he still has. I'm surprised he doesn't have it here showing me to you. Um, <laughs> because he does that a lot, he shares it a lot. And um, since then, we've just been history. Uh, Opportunity came for him to migrate to the US and after, I think, eight months of dating. And, you know, I cried my eyes out, but he had promised that he would come back and marry me. And um, I kept telling him that, you know, I hear about the US and New York and the pretty girls. And I'm like, you're going to find one of those pretty girls. You're not going to remember me. And he says, no, it's not going to be like that. And, you know, he really did honor his promises, a man of God. And he came back and he asked my hand in marriage with my parents. And we've been just tight since. And I am a
1: witness to this because I've known this couple for, oh God, so many years And I remember, you know, Dorian on the back of the church van talking about this lady named Joan. And he would rave about her and rave. And I was just waiting for the day to see her. That's true. And it was just, that's powerful. I mean, when did you know that it was just the right thing to do? You knew that was the person for you. I know you, you met that day. And of course, I think my average kindergartner may not know yet, right? But when did it kind of just click and what was that click?
3: Yeah, I think it it, it happens to me when I start to transition from just being a a guy to wanting to become a man and thinking about girlfriend, thinking about a relationship. And I, I, I knew that there was something special about her. I didn't know that it would have ended up with us being married. But I knew that I was at the age where I I start to see the curve start coming out. I mean, we were just kids growing up and all of a sudden she, she you know, the, the breast starts growing, the hips start swinging. And I'm like, girl, you got, you, 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 you yeah. fine. You look good, you know? And, um, you know, just to be transparent about it. And um, I, I actually pursued her and she said yes, as I said, and we started dating and, I think the relationship grew into something very special. Yeah. And after I migrated eight, eight months after we started mm-hmm. dating seriously to, to, to America, to New York City, and I, I used to visit her. We wrote tons of letters. back then there was no, no cell there was no cell phone, there was no email, there was no live chat, there was no video chat, there was nothing. And so we would just send in emails, I mean, I mean, writing letters, me- you know, snail mails back and forth, back and forth. Every, every day we're writing a letter, pretty much. Like every day we're writing letters. And, um, and I remember, I think it was in 93, my mother looked at me and she said, what are you planning to do with this young lady in Jamaica, with Joan? And it was that moment in my mind that I realized that I have to marry her. I mean, I've always knew that she was something special, but I think I probably was thinking about maybe, you know, um, years down the line, I just came to New York City. I, I didn't establish myself. I didn't, you know, I, I just, I was working. Yes, I had a, a decent job, but I was not thinking about marriage at the time. I just thought that she would just wait for me until I was ready. And it was at that moment that my wife, my mother said to me, what are you gonna do with her? Are you gonna marry her? What, what are your plans? And that's when, on ha ha moment, just got, just kind of went off in my head. And right there and then, I a couple of months later, I went to Jamaica and I asked her parents' hand in marriage. And um, they laughed. you know. Yeah, and, you know, her mother laughed, and uh, we we just we just uh, um, you know we had a we, we had a beautiful wedding. And um, I went to Jamaica, got married to her, and I came back. And I think eight months later, you joined me. I think it was about It England. was
4: more like almost a year. Almost year. a year yeah.
3: after we got married at um uh, you know, I filed I filed for well she came up with a visa and
4: I came I, to visit. She with the to visit expectation me. to go back and home I said you're not leaving.
3: <laughs> so you're not leaving. You're not you leaving stay in
4: here, lady.
3: You stay, you stay. And and um I, I filed the papers for her and she got her, her, her green card and you know, she became a citizen, went to college, got a degree in business and God is just good, you know, we, we tell our story like, you know, if we can do it, you know, yeah. with the help of God, you know, not, not looking at each other as being perfect, but knowing our responsibility that comes with the assignment of marriage mm-hmm. and willing to put yeah. God first and keep evolving and keep yeah. growing. We are always becoming one in our marriage. We, we're still becoming one after 27 years. We're still learning how to
2: become one. It's a cycle that will never end mm-hmm. until, That's right. until God takes us home so what are some tips for guys in your situation don't be getting to date and uh and Joan, you could answer the same question what are, some, what are some tips you can give to them
3: well um first i would say you you have to you have to date with a purpose you have to date with the intention that you're looking for someone to be your your mate so Um, at the time I was only 18 years old. And as I said, I didn't date at that time knowing that I wanted to be married to her. Of course, marriage is something that I talked about, you know, I would love to get married, but it doesn't necessarily mean at 18 years old, I was ready for marriage. I was nowhere near ready for a wife, but we still want to date. And so as I grow older and I start to do marriage and relationship, I often tell singles that you need to protect your heart, mm-hmm. protect your emotion, protect your feelings, protect your soul from someone that is not qualified to, to, um, for marriage. Because um, don't date just because you want to be with somebody. Date with the intention of leading into marriage. And oftentimes, especially for female. Female are emotional by nature. And when a man can compartmentalize the emotional aspect of a dating process and deal with the female just for sex or just for pleasure or whatever it is, a woman, and I'm talking about a conservative value kind of woman with character, with dignity, with personality, with core value, a Christian young lady, they are dating with the intention that this is going to lead to marriage. Yeah. In most yeah. cases that's yeah. what they're doing. And I tell single ladies all the time that you control and you have the authority in the dating process. His job is to make himself available and your job is to process, put them through what we call the relationship appra- appraisal process in our book Dating and courting, not uh Dating and courting with, with God the purpose. purpose that you put them through what we call the relationship appraisal process and that will allow you to know whether they're serious for a relationship or not. And that's what happened when you said boundary initially. So my advice to a single woman and a single man at the same time, that if you're not ready to love her, please don't in her, okay? And, and, and ladies, always protect your heart. And if he cannot pursue you with the intent of marriage and you're dating for at least three, four months and he's not talking about the future with you, then you need to ask the question what is this dating process about what what is your intention because your intention as a woman is to be able to um eventually him proposing to you by way of you knowing that he fit the core values and the character of what you're looking for in a mate, not perfect, but show sign that he can be a perfect gentleman or a perfect woman either way and then you lead that into the courting phase where you become exclusive and then you stop preparing yourself for marriage
4: yes i totally agree but i also want to uh bring a point that you know society has changed so much since mm-hmm. our time dating um the world has changed a lot and you know also people's perspective have changed as it relates to relationship yes. and also marriage but i must also say that the core values should never change they should always remain the same and you know, for for young couples dating, I, I just have to say too that, you know, you got to know yourself, learn to love yourself in your singleness. That's where you learn the most about yourself. What what is it that I want to do, um, as it relates to my career? What are some of the things that I want to achieve? So you got to learn to do you. Before you get attached to someone else, you got to learn to love you before you say, oh, I love someone else. Because in fact, um, a lot of us will say we love our spouses, but we never really truly learn to love ourselves. And that becomes the problem in the marriage because now we don't know how to, you know, extend ourselves in the different areas or the different ways that we need to in order to move our relationship or our marriage to the next level. So I think it's important for young people who are looking to date a court in, in, in the interest of going into marriage to know who they are and what they want out of life before they actually do so.
3: Yes, um, I, if I could just add to what my wife said also, that one of the things that we also teach singer is, you, you, you don't get married to be happy. Because you wow. will never find happiness in a marriage.
2: Right.
3: Happy people should be getting married. God already took care of our happiness. Happiness is a state of being. Happiness is a state of mind. And so, and so marriage was not designed to make us happy. Adam was already happy in the Garden of Eden, fulfilling purpose, fulfilling destiny. Yes. He was doing everything that God had mm-hmm. called him to do. It was God that looked at Adam and said, hmm, there is no one like him. He doesn't have somebody to relate to. It's not good for man to be alone. I will create for him help. So it was not Adam that was saying, God, I'm single. I need a man. Uh, I mean, I need a woman. And for the woman, I need a man because I'm single. Oh, I need a man to make me happy. I need a woman to make me happy. No, we don't need another human being to make us happy. We need to find happiness within ourselves. But when we get into marriage, our job is to serve and add value to the person that God have yoked you to. So my job is not to make my wife happy. My job Mm -hmm. is to serve her. My job is to add value to her life. And whatever I bring to the table, as long as it's in alignment with God's plan for me as a man and what he has called me to do and to be to my wife, then with that, it should add value to her life. But Mm -hmm. if... I am the one supposed to create happiness for her i don't know how to do that because god never tells us in the word to make our spouse happy he tell the man to love your wife as christ loved the church and gave himself for it and then he tell the wife to submit or to honor your husband as unto the lord i've never seen any blueprints about happiness in that perspective of relationship and marriage
4: i i just want to say that um if i should spend my marriage trying to make my husband happy i would be the most miserable wife hello hello that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i'm not saying he's a bad person he's a great person (laughs) i'm just saying i would be most miserable trying to make someone happy i'm supposed to make me happy and as an extension of me you know he's happy and And should be happy within himself as well
3: and we found that actually the spirit of the lord revealed that to me the third year in our marriage we were going through a little bit of hiccup here and there, butting heads, you know, coming from church and not speaking and we not eating at the dining table, you know, because I'm mad at her. And then the Spirit of the Lord brought me into the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And I literally studied that chapter. I literally extergete it. I extrapolate. I, I, I study that thing, man. And Theo and, and Nikki, I want you to hear me. When the Lord revealed to me how I need to love my wife, I sat her down and I was like, babe, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it.
1: I know. And she
2: was like, love you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you get? What do you got? I said, I figured it out. Said, I'm going I'm to need you hold that thought. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Keep up to date with all the latest shows by subscribing now. Thank you for your support. Let us dive back in.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Woo, it's getting hot in here. We try. Oh, oh yeah. we're getting ready to hear. Yeah, and,
2: we, and we're going to leave it right there. Put on the fun. That's it. It's getting hot. Turn the fun on. Turn the air conditioning on. on. We're not, not going to finish the sentence. <laughs> we
1: will not finish that sentence. No, we will not. Absolutely. Whoa. Okay.
4: Um, Um,
2: i wasn't always safe so that's the first thing that popped popped into my head (laughs) we all know that song
3: that's
2: right we all
1: know that song we do and in the context of love and marriage it's good okay we were right on the brink of you know doran was telling us about that aha moment of i got it this is how i need to do it just go ahead and go right back in we're good
3: absolutely so so nikki and theo uh as i begin to go through and navigate through life navigate through marriage i realized that you know something was missing and i started to pray to god and say god i want you to change my marriage i want you to change my wife and the spirit of the lord said no i'm not going to change your wife i want to change you and so I, I start to read the Bible more. I start to dig deeper into the scripture. And the Spirit of the Lord brought me to Ephesians chapter 5. And I literally spent a couple of days and, 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 and studying that scripture, just understanding it. And when I got to where the Bible said, husband must love their wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I started to ask the Spirit of the Lord, so how am I supposed to love my wife as Christ loved the church? And then I began to understand exactly how he did it. He did it with an unconditional love. He did it by willing to die for it. He did it by loving the church as he loved himself. When the Bible says, he that loveth his wife, loveth himself. My wife is an extension of me. God put Adam to sleep. He took a rib from Adam and he created a woman and presented the woman to the man, Present the woman to Adam. Adam looked at her and said, you are bone of my bone. You are flesh of my flesh. I will call you a woman because you came out of me. And so... My wife is an extension of who I am. And so if the Bible says you must love your wife as your own body, then the question I ask myself, how do I love me? Because the the, the love that I have for myself, I must care for my wife as I care for my own body. So obviously I'm gonna brush my teeth every morning. I'm gonna get up and take shower every day. I'm not gonna drink alcohol and take drugs and I'm not gonna get a hammer and start bashing my finger. So I can't do none of these things to my wife because wow. she is an extension of me. If I called her out of her name, I am called in my very own self. If we call our wife the B word, if we call her, uh, um, you know, I don't wanna use those derogatory words, but you know what I'm saying? You're not, you are not find her and by default you are actually talking about yourself so I realized something that in order for my wife to love and honor me and to also respect the God in me I have to show godly behavior because when the Bible tell the husband um, the wife to submit to your husband as unto the Lord God didn't tell the wife to submit to the man submit to the husband The husband has a title. A husband is a bond man. He knows how to bond things together. He's the glue of the marriage. He's the glue of the family. He's the glue in the relationship. And so when you display Christ-like behavior, that's when your wife is submitted to the God in you and not the flawed human being. So obviously I had to get my spiritual life up, man. I have to be that priestly man that God have called me to be. And the moment I begin to do that, I I literally felt the weight of the relationship just came off my shoulder. And I sat my wife down. I spoke to her about what the Lord revealed to me. I showed it to her in scripture. I said, as of this day forward, I will not try to change you. I will not try to make you into a person that you don't want to be. All I am and all I will do is to love you the best way that I can through the spirit of God based on how God Command me as the priest of the home to love you, and the moment I did that, the weight was lifted. She became the woman that I've always wanted, and I consistently keep being the man that she desired.
1: Make it easy.
0: Yeah. Make it easy. It
1: Question. Go ahead. You know, when does the when does the finance discussion start in relationship? Because I know that we don't want to wait till the day we say mm-hmm. I do to start talking about that and then so when does it start kind of the inception and then how do you keep that conversation going in the marriage at that point?
4: Well as it pertains to finances um, I must say that for us it wasn't a topic of discussion prior to marriage. We got married in our early 20s and we didn't really know anything about. We just knew we loved each other, and we were getting married, and we wanted to have a future together. But you know, the the topics that comes on the marriage, family, and how I many kids you want, and what are we gonna do as it in in regards to finances. I don't think those topics were really discussed by us. But as we went on into the marriage, we realized that uh, these were you know, conversations that we needed to have. And um, it was never a problem. Money was never an issue in our marriage because we sat down and we said, you know, this is what we want to do, we have to we have to save, you know, as far as the bills, we're gonna compile them together. Um, we're gonna get um, direct deposits from our jobs in the same account. You know, a lot of people, uh, couples hide money for whatever reason, but when you work together you will see that everything just runs so smoothly so i think as the world changes and people are doing things differently and some people are so underhanded with some of the things they do even going into marriage i think it's best that when you're going through that premarital counseling session that it should be a part of it i mean maybe not in so much detail with the counselor but it should be one of the questions to the counselor as far as what do you think? At what point do we um, discuss our finances? You know, I think it should be one of the questions asked. And so, if the counselor does not have uh, details as it pertains to finances and the things that you need to do, then they can refer you to someone who is more financially savvy, you know, um, who can help you to. You know sit you down and help you with your financial planning and stuff like that but when we talked about uh how we were gonna uh move forward with our finances it was it was smooth sailing like i said we just decided we have a checking account a savings account which are joint and then now we have our separate checking accounts you know but each one i mean my husband assigned me to pay the bills right But it's not that he doesn't know what's going on. He has his moments when he checks on stuff, not because he's checking me or he doesn't trust me. He does trust me with the money. And that's why he had me um, being in charge of the finances. But I think, too, for each couple, there's one person that is better than the other in different areas. So if you trust your husband or your wife to take over or be in charge of that area, then it's something that they need to discuss as well
3: um yeah to to um my wife kind of go into how we we have done things and and um and and she she so eloquently expressed that and 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 basically she's the cfo of what we do uh the chief financial officer because you work on accounting firm and she's counting other people's money why not count our money too um right. but, however to, to to talk a little bit about you asking the question um in regards to the initial stage of dating I believe it's very critical Mm -hmm. that when you meet someone that you are interested in, that you think has the potential, that these are conversations that need to be had. Now, I wouldn't ask you to go deeper into their financial background until you know for sure whether they are potential, because not everybody's potential, right? And so you don't want to waste your time with someone that is not a potential so as a person that you are pursuing or someone is pursuing you as a love interest um marriage interest then as the relationship progressively becomes serious then you need to start having these conversation are you in debt do you have student loan do you have uh, um you know what what's the debt look like your debt your income to debt ratio do you know what those numbers are because at the end of the day there's a lot of people that are not honest about their finances sure. and then they get into marriage and find out that this dude have seventy thousand dollar debt that he didn't talk to you about or she has a sixty thousand dollar student loan or a car payment that she didn't say anything about. And so you start in, in a hole with dishonesty beforehand. One of the things that we do when we do premarital counseling session that we want to see your your um your credit report. Your partner needs to know what's in it and if you're serious mm-hmm. about love if you're serious about blending and mending and bonding as a couple because whether you believe it or not when you sign up for marriage you're signing up for everything that comes with a man yeah, or comes with that right. woman, and and, and unfortunately mm-hmm. a lot of it needs to be unpacked before marriage mm-hmm. there are some things that's going to happen in marriage that is not foreseen or You don't see any sign of those things. There's no residue of those issues. But a credit score, oh, yeah, you need to see it. You know, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax give you a free one every year. So you go to annualcreditscore.com, and you will get that for free. And if a dude can't give that up to you, if he can't show it to you, then something ain't right. If the sister can't talk about finances, then you got to say, whoa, 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 so hold a minute here. So we we ain't talking about a future if we can't talk about money, because money is one of the second leading cause for divorce in America, and probably for the world for that matter. So I believe initially when the relationships start to progressively towards something special, that this conversation needs to be had.
2: Could you make a difference or a comparison between dating and courting? Because a lot of people bundle them together and think it's the same thing.
3: No, yes, there is a difference. Um, um, we do have a book. My wife and I, we co-author a book, Dayton and Quarter with God, the Purpose. It's available at Amazon.com. Um, Dayton is basically getting the intel. That's what I call Dayton. is. I'm getting the data. I'm getting the data from you to see if you fit the profile or the quality or if you have the core values of what I consider you to be the person that i would like to personally pursue for marriage so dated is to get information when you go out on a date you don't go out on a date to fall in love you don't go out on a date to kiss you don't go out on a date for a date for a man to take off your
2: clothes whoa 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 whoa, a... whoa whoa you're breaking all the norms of today's society come on pastor
3: yes sir you you're breaking all the norms yeah, you can't go on a date and let a guy communicate with you while you're laying on your back. That's not what a date is. No, mm-hmm. a date is about getting to know you. And let me tell you something, ladies. A man know what he wants in a woman. He knows exactly what he's looking for. Yeah. And even if he's not serious about you, he will push you to the limit to see exactly how strong you yeah, are. that's true. And yeah. the reality is... Day 10 for you as a woman is to protect your heart. And it's for you to allow this person to know that, you know what? I don't know where this is going to go. I don't even need know if you're the right one for me. However, I would like to see what you bring to the table. When you put those type of conversation right up front, if he's a shyster, if he's one of them dude that ain't serious about relationship, automatically he's going to know that you ain't no joker and he needs to back off right. and he yeah. needs to back up hello but if you are just trying to say you know what i like you and i I feel like you're the one for me now on on the third date they're the one for you no 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 you got to keep your boundary intact you have to let them know that you're open to learning more about them and then when you get from the dating phase now you're in a phase where you start to see qualities that you like about the person and then you can say you know what you know, we've been talking for the last three months and the last four years. Uh, I mean, not for. Forgive me, not four years. <laughs> the last four months. I last months. I ain't got that much. You ain't got that much time. And, and, you know, and and you want to make sure that you now start to listen to their, to their conversation. Are they talking about future things with mm-hmm. you? Are they now saying that hey, you know what? Um, you know, the other day I was just thinking about us and you know, um, maybe. You, you're the we, kind of woman we you know I, I would love to pursue this relationship seriously I think you're the kind of person that I would like to really settle down with you you you, you have some value that I really like you, you seems to be different from you know um, from Susan and Shanene you, you're just a different girl you know you're, you're a different yeah. guy I, I I think I think you have some potential I can't promise you anything but I think this this, this This looked like we could take this a little bit serious. Mm -hmm. And that's when you now start to introduce them to people that can now help you to find out. Because here's the thing about dating. When you date the right way, if the person doesn't fit your profile, you shouldn't be heartbroken. Oh, God, I could leave that right Mm. there. When you date the right way, if this person doesn't fit your profile, you can walk away and say, hey, listen, man, this is not going to work out this is not, this is not, this is not the right time for us right now. And so guess what? You know, maybe we just need to stop and just become the best of friends. Just let, we, we could be good friends. We, I could keep in the friend zone, Mm -hmm. but he ain't going no further than that. And at that point, you know, that you already protect yourself Mm -hmm. that even though it doesn't lead into something greater, if he decided to stop talking to you,
4: and no, you're not he, affected.
3: You're not affected. He can't say he have sex with you. He can't say that you buy a lot of clothes for him or a lot of clothes for her. You protect those interests for someone that show you that they have better potential. But that's the difference between courting and dating. Courting is to, I mean, dating is to get the information. And courting is knowing that you fit the profile. Now let's take it to a serious stage where we start planning for marriage.
4: Because
3: mm-hmm. courting <coughs> means that you are exclusive.
2: Right. Okay, so let me so let me so let me ask you this. Uh I'm sorry Joan to cut yeah. you off, but let but let me ask you this. Um what are the top five data uh information should uh, uh 'cause you say data needs to collect data, what are the top five data information should so a woman be collect a man should be collecting of a woman and a woman should be collecting of a man? Okay. Um you wanna get on that first, babe? Well, um because because we have to we have to go past the looks, first of all. Because Absolutely. sometimes sometimes we get stuck in the looks, the looks category, and then we just bypass everything else. So what are the top data a woman should be looking for in a man and
4: well let me start off by saying that you have to know who this person is. We Some have we have it. we yeah. have people out there who have very shady characters. Mm-hmm. They are not who they say they are. That's right. So first you have to find out who this person really is and i think that goes for whether it's the guy or the girl right
3: yes that's true you
4: have to find out the person's background Mm -hmm. um you know when it gets serious i guess court and stage their parents what 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 parents are they from you know who are these people are they um like some killers or are they like <laughs> i mean listen 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 this is real talk that's why right. who you, are you? you get mixed up in some things or, or you're associated with some people and you are shot down the line to learn some stuff about people you know maybe my husband would probably say I've watched too much Lifetime movies in in my day. I (laughs) I, I don't really watch them so much now. But it was like, you've watched too much Lifetime. But I'm telling you, like, you would see a person get married and, you know, the guy comes in and after a while, he's like this, you know, person walking around with an axe, killing the neighbors. You don't want to get into a situation like that. So that's why I think it's important. The knowing phase is important. Mm-hmm. The getting to know you phase. You want to pick
3: yeah. up? Yes. Um, from a male perspective, um, I would say that um, uh, you have to have at least two nickels to rub together. True. Because the Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Not he that findeth a girlfriend. Not not he that findeth a boo. Not he that findeth a chick. Not the he wife. that findeth a bae. he that find a wife so first of all you have to be in a position where you're saying to yourself i am not ready to look for a mate so you're not looking to date someone for three years a man that is ready for marriage already know what he wants Mm -hmm. the question you need to now pray and ask god god i want you to help me to find somebody that position to fit that what i desire so when the bible says, he that find a wife so number one the man needs to be looking for marriage you need to be pursuing the person with the intent of getting married the second thing i also believe that a man needs to look for is the fact that um he cannot right he cannot under any circumstances think that he can be all things to that person so you have people that are that are broken and want to get married there, there are some things that you have to check to make sure that they're not, you know, if a, if a person is on the extreme, extreme, severe, you know, de- de- depression, then maybe you need to tell that person they need to get some help, some, help, some therapy to, to really work through those emotional states. And so we have to look at some of these things. Um, the other thing that I also believe that you have to look at, you need to know that this man is a godly man because he can be he can go to church but he's not a godly man does he talk about god with you He ever ask you, you know let's pray together do we quote scripture to you while you're while 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 you're on a date and all he's thinking about is is just you know sex and all of that stuff oh baby you're fine you're always just gluten at your body but he never try to add value to your life so i think a lot of things have to be you have to be mindful that society even in the kingdom of god in the body of christ you have a lot of men in church right now that they they play games just like the dudes mm-hmm. in the street that's true oh. they, they play with the woman's emotion just like the brothers out there in the street uh, and so the women have to safeguard themselves i tell ladies all the time that the only time you let your guard down is when he get down on one knees and say will you marry me and even then You don't open the truck door all the way until you're walking down the Mm aisle. Because the reality is that we're living in a changing society. And a lot of people now doesn't believe in the traditional way of dating. They want to have sex on the first night. (laughs) And if he's he's trying to take off your clothes on the first date, you automatically know that he's not serious about that. He
4: doesn't value you. He
3: doesn't value you. Because a real man is not going to help you to take your clothes off. He's going to tell you, you need to put that clothes back on because this relationship right now is not about that. It's about
2: getting to know who you are. You you mentioned that um, he that find it a wife finds it a good thing. So by definition, it means that uh, she has to be wife material too. Because right. the script, So the scripture is not talking about, um, um, uh, what you call it, um, having an affair here. Because she's already married, so he's not talking about taking somebody, somebody as his wife. He means that she has to be wife property. So wife material, wife material yes. Um, so how, how does, it, how does a, a, a man, not just a Christian man, but a, a man who is serious about where he wants to go in his life, recognize and spot a woman who is wife material? Well,
3: first of all, we we must look at the definition of what a wife is. Um, She had the character and the core values of what a helpmate is, because a wife is a helper to the man. And when I say helper, I'm not talking about cleaning the house. I'm not talking about walking around bare feet in in, in in the house and doing dishes and doing laundry and in a house dress. The wife is a man's greatest asset. That's why the Bible said that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and have obtained favor from the Lord. The man is favorable when he finds a wife. Why is he favorable? He's favorable because you are are actually marrying God's daughter. And every father that has a daughter wants a man to come and ask for her hand in marriage. So when you ask for that woman hand in marriage, you're saying to that father that i am now taking responsibility to transfer that love that you have for your daughter to her i will be the father to her that's really what it is so that means that she is a wife material she's willing to love she's willing to honor her husband she comes from core values she doesn't have the mindset of just being in the relationship just to look pretty get her her nails done and no she's going to help the man with purpose and destiny She's going to be the, the, the intercessor over his life. She's going to be the one that he can glean from. She's going to be a safe place that she that he can come to. The world outside is crazy, but when he comes home, he's coming home to a wife that knows her position. Yes. They're leading together, which means that she already knows these characteristics of a wife. She goes into Titus and understands what a Titus woman looks like. So you know what the Proverbs 31 woman looks like? And understanding that we are not fighting and not trying to uh, um, do, you know, kind of competing, it's but we are completing no. the right. purpose and the responsibility of the marriage. And so uh, a young girl, a young lady needs to be gleaming from a older, mature woman that can teach her the principle and the guideline of what it is to be a wife. And may I say also that she is not supposed to even be the one that approve of the man that she married. I know this is kind of crazy in a culture that doesn't understand this. That's why the father figure is so important Important, in the life of a woman, of a daughter, because the father is the gatekeeper Mm -hmm. to her heart. Remember, that's the first man she's supposed to love. That's why the man is supposed to come to the, the, the father house and ask for his daughter hand in marriage. He's now transferring his love to him to love his daughter the way he used to love her.
4: That's
3: right. God almighty, this is so good. But, but and, and that's why I tell folks all the time, you know, that um, in this change in culture, I tell singles, especially single women, that the more things change around you, is the more you need to hold on to the things that yes, will not yes. change. Gee, and that is your, that's your your—that's your value. That's your character. That's your core value. And, and, and I tell women all the time that the man doesn't have the power in the relationship, in the dating phase. You do. You just want to get married so much that you want to compromise your character and your integrity just mm-hmm. to find love. And when they show you that they're no good, you're trying to be so deep trying to believe when a man show you who he is and when a woman show you who she is you need to believe them yes
4: Mm.
3: especially in the dating phase because that's when they try they're supposed to be displayed the best character oftentimes we realize that after marriage people kind of just lay back and just be cool and luke they kind of just hang loose but during the dating phase He's messing up when he's supposed to impress you with his character. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to be like, okay, God, maybe this is just a one-time thing. You know, yeah, one time is a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, one time is not No, it's a mistake one time. Maybe that's one time too many. So we got to open our eyes and begin to realize that you have to have your eyes wide open because... There's a lot of people that will manipulate your emotions and then you get so caught up into that space where you compromise your character just because of the feelings that you have for that person. When deep down in your heart, you can see that they're no
4: good. I also want to add to that, I think from a woman's perspective, that you have to look for the signs. Like he yes. was just talking about, you got to look for the signs. They're there Because the signs that the man... Uh, portrays or the things that he shows you. This is who I am. This is who he really is. Don't wait and say push it on the side and say, "I'm gonna marry him." Because when you get married, he's not gonna change. This is who he really is when you're dating. This is who you're, you're dating. It's so what you gonna get. You can't change anybody else but yourself. So what makes you think that you're gonna marry him and try to change him? He'll never change. And
3: and let me just say this: that if you if you approve of it or if you endorse it during the courting and the dating phase, you are actually giving a, a a stamp in this passport to do it to stamp you in approval. marriage. That's why you set boundaries during the dating phase. It goes for the men, and it mostly also goes for the woman, especially for the woman, because again, I believe that the man do the pursuing, and the woman is the one that say yes. You know. Um, I, I, I see some stuff going on now that kind of troubled me where the, the, the woman is going down go, going down on one knees and saying, will <laughs> you marry me? You know, something is wrong with that. But um, I may just have to leave that alone. Because it's a
2: society we're living in. If, if he, yeah,
3: can, if he can't protect you, if he cannot protect you, I mean, if he cannot invest into you, he's not going to protect you because a man will never protect what he did not invest in.
1: I did just want to say this, you know, we may have listeners out there who you didn't, you know, for all those that are hearing this just in the nick of time, because I really believe that this is going to be heard just in the nick of time. And for those that maybe you're hearing this just a little bit too late, you know, what is that quick advice that you would give them when, when. You know, you didn't start off on the right foot, but you can make it because that's what not easily broken is all about. It's about binding and holding it together when it's safe, when it's the right thing to do, right? We're not encouraging someone to stay in, in, in abusive or um, dangerous situations by any means. God is a God of wisdom, Mm -hmm. but how do how do you, how do you make it right? and it wasn't right. You know, I think that's that's important that if there's someone out there that's hearing this and saying, "Man, if I could have heard this 5 years ago or 5 weeks ago, I would have done it differently. What can you do right now whether you're married or or getting ready to be?"
4: Well, let me just say that one of the 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 things um or the priorities in marriage as it relates to keeping relationships together for me is having conversations, communicating. And initially I wasn't really a communicator in my marriage. I grew up really sheltered and was very shy. Um, But I'm saying that to say that if a person is in a relationship and it can be to the point where they feel like this is it, We're getting divorced. We can't do this anymore. I'm thinking maybe all it takes is to have a real conversation. Mm -hmm. A real conversation. Because whether you believe it or not, there are a lot of people in marriages and relationships that don't have conversations. So if my husband hurt me, he said hurtful things to me, and I'm so hurt inside. But if I don't say anything, how do I get past the hurt? I won't get past the hurt. Not there good. could be more serious things, yes, I must admit. But I don't think there's... Let me not say that. Let me take that back. We got to
1: start somewhere.
4: There there, there yes, are uh, situations that happens in marriage which push you over the edge sometimes. And I'm not going to tell you if it's pushing you over the, the edge to stay in it. I'm not going to give you that advice. But I'm going to say give your marriage a chance try to work it out by starting with a conversation just talk about it it doesn't have you doesn't you don't even have to like delve into what the meat of the problem is initially just start a conversation hey can we talk there's something on my mind you can start off by just talking about regular things and then later on get into how did we get here and what can we do to get past it because I really want this relationship we really love each other and we're gonna try to make it work communication communication can change things around you I remember earlier in our marriage like he said you know we would come home from church and we would like just argue about the stupidest things and then you know he would not have dinner with me around the table And you think about those things and you're like, oh my God, this is it. We're never going to work this out. And then when you sit and talk, it's like it makes you remember the love that you have for this person. It makes you remember the reasons why you got together in the first place. And that's why I'm so big on communication because I realize that when you talk about what's bothering you, you talk about the issues, you talk about what makes you mad, you talk about what makes you can't sleep at night it becomes so much easier yeah. and when your partner is on board and willing to have that conversation with you it makes it so much easier for you for him and for you guys to come together
3: yeah, yeah um i i believe that we serve a god that can do anything and you might not start it out right yeah but if you know that that person have good values or you see mm-hmm the glimmer and you see the flicker, you see that flame that that person still can work on being a better person. They may not outright just always is a bad person. They just have some behavior Mm -hmm. and some challenges that need to be addressed. First, you must do it in love. You don't do it by emasculating that man and you don't do it by putting down and make your wife feel like she's the worst person that you married. However, when people prepared for the wedding and didn't prepare for marriage that's often what really happened and now that you're in the arena of marriage you begin to see behavior Mm -hmm. you begin to see things that may not necessarily align with your goals and your principles so what do you do do you just throw the marriage out the door no you start praying to god Mm
4: -hmm.
3: you start seeking help if he doesn't want to seek help you get the help if she does not want to get help then you as a man get the help because you may not be able to change the person in the marriage, but your behavior can also influence yes, change. Yes, and sometimes God wants you to be the vehicle that lead your spouse to change. Unfortunately, when we're hurting, we don't want to deal with those kind of scars because, you know, we just all in our emotion and how can he do this to me? How can she do that to me? Well, you do the same thing to Jesus, you do the same thing to God and God has still forgiven you. Yeah. Now, if that man is using you as a punching bag, now then you pack a bag and you run for the hills. You don't stay in no abusive relationship. However, if if it's just issues that you both are not seeing eye to eye, and even if it's a, an abusive relationship, I'm also very sensitive to tell a person you got a divorce. I'm not going to do that. What I do is so a baby legal separation right now is the right thing to do, yeah. and they, they might need to get some anger management um, therapy and some, yeah. some classes going and, mm-hmm. and try to figure out if you can do it, especially if children are involved, but you should never stay in an abusive relationship. Grab a bag and say, I'm going to my mama, yes. and when you decide to get your life together, then let's talk, but for now, I can't be here with you, all right, and vice versa, but then we talk about some of just a little nuance in relationship. You know, not doing the right thing or having an attitude, not putting the relationship, not putting the marriage, not putting the finances first. Do you just walk away from the marriage just because of that? We're living in a culture a culture that they call it the cancer culture. You know, everything I'm done, I'm finished. Something happened 10 years ago and now you found out about it and all of a sudden, oh, he needs to just, redone, done. Or you, you see it every day in television. That somebody run a joke 15 years ago that was not offensive to the black community and, and they go back 15 years ago and look at a video and now the person that did it 15 years ago is not even that kind of person anymore but society want them to lose their job, cancel them, send them back to hell. Or, you, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We see the same thing happen in marriage today. We're As soon as something goes wrong, instead of we trying to resolve the issue and learn to navigate through them and get better, we want to cancel the marriage and go find another spouse. Well, another spouse may not fix the problem. You you probably will marry somebody that's Worse. worse than what you were dealing with. That's why you slow down and you get the information needed to see how can we fix this? What can we do better? I don't have all the answers, but can we at least for the sake of the marriage, speak to someone that might be able to help us navigate through all these different and troublesome and you know, difficult terrain so that we can get to a better side of where we are right now. And that's take patience, it takes hard work, and it takes sacrifice and yes, commitment. Yeah.
2: We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Keep up to date with all the latest shows by subscribing now. Thank you for your support. Let us dive back in.
2: All right, thank you for joining us. And tell, before we go, tell us where... We can find your books and where people can know more about you guys yes first my wife and i want to say thank you thank Theo
0: you and yeah, nikki so for, having, for having, us having us on this
3: beautiful wonderful platform it's it's awesome and we are very um, blessed to be able to share this stage and the spotlight with you guys um for those of you that would like to connect with us you can connect with us on instagram at not easily broken that with a k-n-o-t not easily broken and on Facebook, the same handle, Not Easily Broken. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that hashtag Stronger not with a K-N-O-T. Our books are available at Amazon and Bones and Noble, Not Easily Broken. Um, Website is www.noteasilybroken.com. And uh, what else, honey? I think it. Yeah, I think we covered we covered everything. We also have a Facebook um private group that you guys can actually tap into and the same handle at not easily broken um private group and we 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 do exclusive content in that group only for our members and so if you want to be a part of that you can also find us all over social media. And last but not least, we also have a growing YouTube channel that my wife and I started um yeah, well, I have the channel for years, but I just started utilizing it at least last year. And so far, it's it's growing slowly, but um, taking time. But mm-hmm. yes, we, we, we're doing the best we can to add value to others through these different platforms. Thank you guys again for having me. And, what, and what's that Thank YouTube you channel? It's the same handle, not easily broken.
1: Well, you can find us. Um, we want to hear from you. Send us your questions, send us your comments, email us. Tell us what you thought about today at Mr. M I S T E R Free Talk Radio at gmail.com. We promise that we will never share or share us or sell your information. It is safe with us. Great show today. Look for us. Stay with us connecting we thank doran and frank and joan for being here with us today
2: thank you guys very much we appreciate having you thank you and some more thank you have a good day
0: thank you for joining us on mr free talk radio podcast we hope you enjoyed the show for more content be sure to follow us on apple podcast google podcast and anywhere podcasts are available To stay updated on the latest content release, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Soon we'll be coming to a YouTube channel near you. If it is real talk, it's on the Free Talk Radio podcast. We hope to see you soon.